Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Uh, leaders, I don't know, whatever capacity in leadership that you are at RCC, please stand. Okay. I'd like for you to join me in giving them a hand of applause for this weekend of excellence. I don't know about you, but the level of anointing is completely off the chain. Jesus is in our midst, and it's because of your efforts. And I want you to know something, both your pastor and I, we go way back three or four years ago, and two young bucks in the city of Orlando trying to fulfill our calling, okay? The power of agreement between two men regarding each other's lives. Last year, no, two, almost three years ago, Prophet Mundy spoke to us, it was about three years ago. Um, I do believe that there are Old Testament type prophets that still are among us. And one of them is a gentleman by the name of Prophet Mundy. He's the kind of guy you can call up and at that very moment will just start spitting out things that will just completely blow you away. And he spoke of us doing exactly what we're doing now three years ago. Yeah. Exactly what we're doing now. And so what you have come into agreement with wow. as leaders was what Prophet Mundy spoke. And so I release acceleration into your life in the name of Jesus. How hard you have worked, how diligent you have been, may you receive in this very moment acceleration in your own personal walk, peace that surpasses all understanding, and increased finances to meet not just your need, but to run over. I prophesy that to you in the name of Jesus. And what that will look like will be money that comes from the four corners of the earth. Money that you were due, money that you were owed, money that comes in the form of increase, uh, even on your taxes. That you receive that for your faithfulness in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. Amen. You know, I, I'm so humbled to be here today. I really am. We, we are watching, really, the work of apostolic ministry. What does the fivefold look like? I know that 30 years ago, we were trying to figure that out in the body. It was a little messy. But one of the missing links is relationship, relationship between those in the fivefold. I mean real friendship, guys. I'm not talking about just going out to have a cup of coffee or have dinner, but just real koinonia, real relationship. But also recognizing and respecting each other, other's ministry. There's no competition between George and I. In fact, there's selflessness in our love for one another. What can I do for you? How can I serve? 
how can I increase what God has for you? And vice versa, when we, uh, Brother Jed, why don't you stand up for a minute? I want to introduce everybody with me. He, he's a, a, a young man I'm mentoring with me in the prophetic. He's a prophet in his own right. Jed said something today. Um, when two shields lock together, you get the benefit of a double fold, uh, almost as though it's 100 times more powerful when you lock two shields together. And so you get the benefit of unity and agreement. And the manifestation of that is you. You being here today, this weekend experiencing the fullness of God's presence with no weirdness or, you know, no one stepping on each other's toes, but yearning to serve. How can I serve? How can I raise you up? And so with that being said, thank you for modeling that. Thank you for taking the step of faith and believing in me. This is not easy. Now, I mind you, I, 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 don't, I don't go around calling myself prophet anything. And I know that that's an act of honor. And, that, and that, that's why I receive it. My clients call me Stephen, and that's my preference. And anywhere I speak of your pastor, I always refer to him as Pastor George. And when he speaks of me, he does so the same way. But we shy away from um, being given un unnecessary honor. The honor belongs to our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It is he who we lift up. And so I come today in humility, in an act of honor of, to our Lord for what he's doing this weekend. And I believe today we're going to seal what we've been talking about. Uh, so I encourage you to, if you would, just open your heart. Holy Spirit, come like a rushing wind into this place. Make us aware of your presence in the name of Jesus we honor you amen we've learned a lot this week and some of the preaching that you got this week and I think you'd be paying lots of money in a conference for I only know because I've spent a lot of money on conferences and I love conferences but very high level quality preaching baptized in in sweat. We've labored with the messages that we've come to bless you with. What's your responsibility, body? Is to add faith to it and do something with it. Otherwise, all we did was have a good time. And I think some of us are real tired of that. We've been in the body for some time and we want our lives to matter for Jesus. We want our lives to count. And some of you as, as you, as you hear me, are tired. Tired of the same old, same old. And I'm going to tell you something else. There's one of the things that I've been seeing this weekend is a spirit of fear. We keep bucking up against a spirit of fear, calling you out to challenge yourself in this, to, to deal with this spirit of fear. I'm just going to put my... my 
alarm. Um, Jed, would you bring this uh, ladder for me? Yeah, thank you. I'm going to teach on holiness. It's, an, it's a very old-fashioned principle that has gone away in this generation. You haven't heard very much of living sanctified lives. Those of you who grew up in old-fashioned Pentecost, that was like the, the recurrent message of sanctification and holiness. I'm bringing that back in my ministry, in my own personal life, in how I, how I prophesy the Word of God. There's no loosey-goosey anything happening. There's enough of that out there. Real estate prophets, car salesman prophets, bank prophets, loan prophets. And I think our, we've had our fair taste of, of the things that are out there, and we have to work against it so that the true word of God can impact the people, so that we have to work harder in holiness to lower ourselves like John the Baptist did so that our Lord receives the full glory. I didn't die for you. Your pastor didn't die for you. But sometimes we act this way because we seek man's attention. Because of vainglory reasons, because of brokenness in our lives, we want to be seen. But I'm telling you people, that's dangerous ground. When you try to share glory with God. Have you, have you ever stepped on an ant? We are nothing. We are, we are not deserving of his goodness, but he is so good. Yeah. And we must look to ourselves as ants to a God who became one to save us. He doesn't come to you. He comes to you like an ant to become an ant and still, still looks like an ant so that you can relate to him. He humbles himself and becomes nothing. Empties himself of godliness. And we have a generation of pompous, proud ministries. So-and-so ministries. God have mercy on us. Today I want to help you understand how to achieve holiness. And for those of you that, that's a new word, it's a word that will never change. God is holy. And prophets of the Old Testament, you know what their number one role was? To instill the fear of the Lord among the people. So put your seatbelt on. Holiness is the conformity to the will of God in all things. Say all. Say at all times. And say with me at all places. That means that if you come to church and put on holiness, and go home and take it off, you got a problem with God. Wow. Wow. Holiness 
is the conformity. That means that this act of acknowledging God as Lord over my life is present at all times, at all places, with all people. It is to do the will of God for your life. Did I, I said the will of God for your life, not your will for your life. It is to act as God would act. It is the correspondence between who and what you are. Who he is and who you are. One plus one equal two. Me plus God equals what holiness should look like. Holiness is an intimate affair. In my counseling practice, I introduced the concept of intimacy as into me see. Holiness is God looking at you where you are with all your stuff and loving you. And you in return loving him. I'm going to say something that's going to, ouch, God grant me grace. Holiness is between you and God, not between you and your husband and God, not between you and your girlfriend and God, between you and your boyfriend and God. Holiness is an intimate affair. Those of you that are married, listen to what I say, married. You don't share your intimacy with nobody, right? My holiness is not to display here before you. Holiness is what God and I do when no one sees me. Holiness is what you do with God when no one sees you. Jesus did not ask you anywhere in the gospel to change the world, but to change yourself. By the cross you bear. You're not worthy to follow him if you don't take up your cross and conform yourself to the image of Christ. How do we change the world? We become like Christ. I am crucified with Christ, Paul said. Hallelujah. Yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. The more you work at holiness, the more potential you have for change. When you change, your world changes. When we change together... Apopkas changed. When Apopkas changes, Florida changes. And if you look at revivals of the past, they were holy people yearning not to make a difference in their community, but to make a difference for God, to become like Him. And that rolled over, and Azusa Street happened. What does holiness look like? Jesus is our paradigm. And I want you to look at not just Jesus, but look at what Mary did when the angel came and said to you, said to her, imagine a 14-year-old. I've got a 15 and a 17-year-old child. 
And if one of them came home and said, Daddy, Holy Spirit came and impregnated me, I'd need a revelation. <laughs> Think about that. How do I tell my father that an angel came to me and impregnated me? Imagine the faith it took Mary to say yes to that. But when she said yes, she undid the work of Eve. She is the New Testament second Eve like Jesus is the second Adam. And as he undid the work of Adam, she undid the work of Eve. So when, when we say yes, be it done according to me, according to thy word... It is a paradigm for holiness. In other words, holiness is conformity to the will of God. In other words, God doesn't conform to you what you want. That's the spirit of this age, the spirit of Antichrist. He doesn't serve you. Your dreams, your vision... It's the opposite. Lord, I come to do your will. Thy will be done in me. It's a different from the spirit of this age. The spirit of this age and even in the church is dream your dream. Do what do you. God be merciful to us. Because that's the spirit of the Antichrist. You can dream dreams. You can dream God dreams, yes. But you've got to be careful because you must seek the will of God so that it conforms to it. I bet Mary had a dream like every 14-year-old girl did. But can you say amen when she said yes to God, there was a change to her dreams. She no longer is a 14-year-old girl. She is now the Old Testament tabernacle, the incubation for, the, for Christ, the living God, to grow in her womb. She now becomes the very tabernacle in the holies of holies where the bread and the, and the tablets were located. Do you know if you came close and touched that, you would die? That's the holiness of the Lord. Mary became a living tabernacle. And the Word became flesh. And she was no longer a 14-year-old girl. She became a woman of God. Holy unto the Lord. Holiness is a life of imitation. Say imitation. Don't get me wrong. As a therapist, I help people discover who they are. But who you are in the deepest channels of your soul looks like God. Because you were made in His image. So if you are out to discover yourself and yourself looks something other than Jesus, you got a false image. 
There's a false image likened unto a golden calf. I'm going to do me. I'm going to get mine done. Holiness is the imitation of Christ. Now, imitation is something our culture doesn't appreciate. We don't like imitation Rolexes. We don't like imitation cereals. We hate imitation coffee. But this is the type of imitation you are allowed to be like. Because you're not meant to look like you. You're meant to be like him. So what is competing for your imitation? The world. The conformity to the things of this world. To be like the world's systems. And to be imitators of Christ is to be imitators of biblical, godly systems. In the scriptures, the doctrine of justification is is the way God broke the power of sin in your life. Theology 101 here. Just if I'd never sinned. The work of theological justification when Jesus died on the cross, he gives you in exchange his righteousness. Can I get your jacket for a minute? Come over here. No, no, bring your jacket. Come. Here's Jesus, right? This is his righteousness. Justification is this. Just if I'd never sinned. Thank you. When you come under the blood of Jesus... You have a choice to act out your justification and believe it or choose to be focused on your old nature. So the the power of sin is broken, but here's the problem, y'all. The presence of sin still remains. The power of sin is broken. It does not have power of you, but the presence of sin still remains. What's under the jacket? You. But what comes over you? Him. And when Him stays over you for some time, you start looking like Him. So the Holy Spirit bestows upon us gifts so that we can become like Him. Make sense? So, Jed, do me a favor. I want you to come over, turn this. Actually, step on the first step for me. All right. Do you notice on any ladder, the first step is the biggest step, right? Because it has to ground you. Holiness is like a highway. Holiness is like an ascending and a descending. Holiness is a journey. 
Holiness is your getting close to God. Does that make sense? Stay there for me. Holiness, God gives us gifts so that we can ascend into holiness. Go ahead and one step. Come up on the ladder. That one step drew him away from the floor. He is now dependent upon the ladder. His weight, his body, his safety. All that he is as a human being right now is on this ladder. Step up for me. He's now just about my height. Holiness brings you to where God is. In high places. Seated with Christ in heavenly places. Ephesians chapter 2. But that's not my message. Stay right there. The gifts of God. Say the gifts of God. I'm going to teach you seven of them that come to every believer. They assist us. Say assist. To practice biblical virtue. To practice biblical life. Do you know that you can't on your own accord become holy? Don't try. You have been given supernatural gifts some of which you have seen this weekend, to ascend to the holy place so that you become holy. Biblical gifts that are bestowed upon us to remedy internal weakness, not just to help you ascend, but so that you can fight the presence of sin still locked up inside you. What a minute. Are you saying that there are gifts that have been given to me that I'm not practicing that can help me fight sin like lust and like jealousy and like greed? Yes. Yes. The gifts of God are habitual dispositions. The practice of making us Strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So keep, go down for me. Go back up. When he's doing this exercise, ascending and descending, is he working out? Some of you hate this exercise in the gym. You don't use it. You, you stay on the same level. It's this stuff that builds your core. The ascending and the descending make you strong in the Lord. Each rung in the ladder is a gift. He's now on the second gift. But until you perfect your second gift, you can't ascend to the third, but ascend to the third for me. Would you agree with me that Jed is... Like me, big. We're big people. That ladder, how much weight do you say, would you say it was? Five pounds. 
And how much do you weigh? Five pounds holding 220. The gifts of God may look like nothing to you, but they will take you places in God. Don't let your eyes. That's why you're not supposed to walk with eyes. You walk by faith and not by sight. Because your eyes will deceive you. You'll look at a ladder and say, what is that thing going to do for me? I got problems that are bigger than you. Glory to God. Oh, help me preach, Jesus. The gifts stir us up in the spirit. The gifts stir us up to move us toward an affection towards God. I love you. The temperature here is not the same temperature down there. As you ascend, it gets hot. As you ascend in the Lord, your affections for Him. Some of you have had experience in ascending oh, to know Him. And then... Somebody called you down. Say, hey, come down here. I need your help. Watch. Some of you think that because you're so strong in the Lord, you've had experience in the Lord. You think that you're on this ladder on your own strength. Because he's in a higher place. Who has the advantage here? You can't take people to where you are. They have to go up the ladder themselves. And when you try to take somebody from holiness to brokenness, it is you who comes down. Because you forget what's holding you. It is not you yourself. You have nothing in you. Christ in me is the hope of glory. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come a shot. Stay on your ladder and stay high on your ladder and don't you come down. You call me. Call me high. I need my own ladder. I can't work his holiness. And that's what some of us have done. And this ladder falls. And it's a nasty one. If that ladder were to fall right now, he would hurt, right? So the strategy of your enemy is to call you down. Listen, not to say come down step by step. It's because he knows you've achieved a place. He can't mess with you there. So what does he do? Help me. Help me. Shouldn't you come to me? Look at you in your 
you're so Christian like you've changed. Help me. Come down. Come down. All right? He's descended. And you say, Stephen, here's your ladder. The first step is the fear of the Lord. Right? So he's teaching me to rise. We are meant to ascend and descend in holiness to help, help each other out. But I cannot take him, nor can I take you where I'm at. And, and so much have, so many of us right now have fallen and so tired of falling from the ladder, we stopped trying. Wow. Wow. All right, get back, turn it around and get back up for me on the third one. What is the purpose of these gifts? They stir my affection for him. The Bible says in Romans 8:15, you have received the spirit of sonship, daughtership. When we cry, Abba Father, it is the Holy Spirit who helps you do that. You cannot, in your own strength, if some of you are here struggling, I really don't have internal anything for God. Okay, it's okay. The Spirit cries within you, Abba Father. And that echo in your soul starts to become your own voice. And slowly, that echo sounds like you, but all along it's been Him. And you get strong, you're stirred. Sonship is the highway to holiness. It's oneness with God through the Holy Spirit crying out in you, Abba, Father. There are seven gifts. The first rung is the fear of the Lord. The second rung is humility. The third rung is knowledge. The fourth rung is understanding. And the last rung is fortitude or wisdom. Okay. I wouldn't ask him to go there because it's not meant for you to see him ascend uh, metaphorically. Okay. I wouldn't ask him to get any higher because it would be a safety hazard. But can he? Right? So... Stay there with me. I want you to have a burned mental image of this message forever. The fear of the Lord is not the fear of man. There's an acronym for fear. False evidence appearing real. Some of you are so afraid to ascend because you're afraid of heights. What if I actually got high on Jesus? What would I look like? That means the end of my friends, the end of party, the ends of having fun. But 
The last I found out, when I was high on Jesus, and I was ascending to where my affections are, I'm at a place where nobody can reach me. It's just him and me. His affections for me and mine for him. Because in the world, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for that high. Do you know the number one reason why we have drug addiction? Because heroin is a, is a usurper. It is a, it is a counterfeit Holy Ghost. Have you ever gotten high on the Spirit? Or got baptized in the Spirit? Heroin is a substitute for the experience without the work. Drug addiction is a transcendency to rise above your humanity because inside your soul is an existential crisis that cries for God. And drugs transcend you emotionally and chemically to a place where your problems don't exist. And you're numb. Come on, for you potheads, you don't know what I'm talking about. For those of you that have had a taste of drugs, you know that, the, that the, 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 what's drawing you is the experience of going high above everyone else. You ever seen heroin addicts? They don't, they're not normally in communities. They're just in that high So when Satan tries to trick you with the affairs and the conformity of this world, is to try to get you to think that you can do it your own way and get high. Oh, man. Really? I can't believe this. I do this all the time. I feel like I have all the time in the world. Wow. The fear of the Lord is opposite the fear of man. The fear of man is a besetting sin. The fear is that, that false evidence appearing real. Okay? The fear of the Lord is the opposite. The fear of the Lord, the first rung, is your avoidance to sin. When you fear the Lord, you avoid sin. It detaches you to created things and it attaches you to the uncreated. Oh, the gift of the fear of the Lord is a reverence and a love for God. This gift entails profound respect for God, for His majesty and His sovereignty. Some of us need to ascend because we have forgotten the fear of the Lord. Your private pornographic viewings your private lies, the hypocrisies of our souls. When you forget that God is holy and you can think you can just roll up to worship anyhow, God be merciful to you. He is a holy God. If you sin, come in repentance, but don't you dare ascend to high places 
Are we not, is this pulpit not a high place? Don't you dare ascend to holy places as if you were walking into your bathroom or some living room in your house. God's house is holy. And you have to give an account to a holy God one day. And there aren't going to be your excuses because of your mama, your daddy, what happened to you. There aren't any excuses except you and a holy God. You might as well start practicing fear and run from sin. The fear of the Lord makes you aware that you are a creature. Sin makes you think you're a God. The fear of the Lord gives you access that you are dependent upon Him. He's dependent upon the ladder. But if He was there for some time, that ladder would be an extension of His legs. Some, would you step down for me? I've had people say this to me. I'm good. Because this ladder has the potential to support my weight up to 350 pounds. I'm getting close there. People have said to me, how do I get up there? I can't tell you how. I can't tell you my journey. But I can tell you, you begin with the fear of the Lord. How do you prophesy the way you do? I hang out up here. Do do you understand? Because this is where he dwells. In the heavenly places. High above the earth. I can go higher. But the higher I go, the more dependent I become on these legs. Right now, I've got my, I'm dependent, my knee is up against the ladder, and I I can hold myself. But if I go one more step, I'm now dependent on him to hold me. And the goal in your walk with the Lord in holiness is to rise dependent on him. And these are the extension of your legs. And when you walk in this world, you pray from this place. Do you know why Hitler was so effective in the war? He had air superiority. His planes beat everyone else's. He just bombarded people. Doesn't matter how strong you are. Doesn't matter how many armies you have. If someone has air power, they have power over you. Yes? So we're called to pray from this place. Ephesians chapter 2. Boom. I can see all of you. And in the prophetic, I have access to see a lot of things that I can't see down there. I have a vantage point. But you can't see that when you see me. You can't see the hours that go into the practice of ascending and descending. My legs are strong in the Lord. 
I've been going up and down. We're meant to go up and down. Okay? Now, there are people who like to live up here. They get strange. <laughs> I've been there. It gets a little weird. You know, when you hang out around the clouds, you get real high. But that's a fun place in the Lord. Okay, I'm going to move on very quickly. The next rung, okay, the fear of the Lord is the power to avoid future evil. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm going to splash it on all of you. Fill with the Holy Ghost and power here. Here, so that doesn't get wet. The next rung, go ahead and go up there, is humility. The only way to rise to humility is if you first come through the fear of the Lord. Do you understand? You don't get to humility. That's why some of you have problems with humility. You've not come through the fear of the Lord. There is no sidestepping if he tried to go on the second step, try before the first, look how awkward this is. Come down. Put your foot on the second rung. Yeah, that's how some of us are trying to work humility. But you've got to come through the door of the fear of the Lord before you get to humility. What is humility? Humility is to give worship to God precisely as your father. And to relate with God in, in, in holiness and to relate to each other in holiness. Listen, the two commands Jesus gave is to love God and to love what? To love your neighbor. When I love God and become like him, I then must and can, I'm compelled to love you. Do you understand? There's no backtracking this. The purpose of holiness is that when you ascend, you become like God and descend and are able to love with God love for others. Some of us, I have a hard time loving certain people, just being true, being real. There are some people in my family who I hope that are not watching this that I can live without. I just, I can live without and never see them again. But the ascension and the dissension in the gifts of the Spirit is that I get to pray for them and love them in prayer. So when I descend, I can give them what I didn't possess in the first place. The humility fosters and develops Respect for God and respect for others. Go on the third one for me. The fear of the Lord is a gift. Humility is a gift. You don't produce that in your own self. Don't try. It's not in you. You know what's in you? Pride. And I don't care how Christian you are. Pride is in your flesh. The presence of it is there. Don't try to run and get rid of pride. 
run towards humility and work towards humility because there's no use trying to eradicate pride because it's in you. It's ascending in humility, which is the opposite. Do you notice that the seven gifts of the Spirit run contrary to the seven deadly sins? Oh, I don't have time to preach that. But when you're busy ascending and descending in the gifts of God, you're, you are working against the desires of the flesh. When you, we were so high yesterday, we were not hungry. We had not eaten. Because the presence of God becomes food in my body. But if I'm down in my flesh, I get hungry. I get thirsty. I'm more prone to fulfill the lust of the flesh because I'm not rising and descending and de- ascending and descending with the gifts of God. When I'm busy rising and, and, oh, Jesus, descending and ascending, I don't have time to fulfill the lust of the flesh. I don't have time to, to, to be jealous and to watch you. Because I got my eyes from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. I'm looking to him. I don't have time for my eyes to gaze upon your holiness. So when you are practicing these gifts, you are not just getting stronger. Your gaze is on him. Your beloved, your love. You don't have time for other love. Oh, Jesus. The third one is knowledge. The Greek word for knowledge, gnosis, simply means knowledge and understanding. Woo. The ability to work from the gift of knowledge, the operating in a word of knowledge. You can't operate in a word of knowledge without coming through the fear of the Lord in humility. You'll be off. I don't care how gifted you are. If you have this gift, you're going to be off. Because you've not come through the fear of the Lord nor humility. Your accuracy is going to be off. So, for example, those of you that I'll speak later on to, I need time before I see you. I need to ascend or descend from where I'm, in, I'm at right now. I think I can fly right now. I'm so, I feel like I can, I can rise above. Yes, I can believe I can fly. You know, when you're ascending in, in the knowledge and in the wisdom of God, I'm in high places with him trying to convey this information to you. But if I am going to do any work of ministry, I must ascend through the fear of the Lord, through humility, so that I can practice the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom. That will determine my accuracy. Okay. Here's some, it's just practical stuff. And the word of knowledge 
uh, I think you all have a, an understanding, but there's a practical end for this gift. It's not just information present about a person. Sometimes a word of knowledge is just the practical way to get through a situation. God gives you insight. How many of you have ever received download of something you weren't smart enough to figure out yourself? That's the word of knowledge. Okay? But do you know that you can ascend and descend on this gift every day? And when you do, you get real good at it. Not because you're good, because you've been strengthened in him. That step, how many of you grew up in homes that had second floors? You can hop through steps. Look like a retard, but you can, you can hop through steps because you know where those steps are. When you're coming up and down a ladder, you get familiar with it. You can come high and get back low. The fear of the Lord is not something that you perfect. It's always something that you need to come back to. Humility is something that you must live from. So you're always going up and coming down. Oh, Jesus. Fortitude and counsel. These gifts is your ability to judge individual acts as good or evil. The devil's busy making misery for your life. Yes, sir? yes. Does he not use family? Does he not use your friends? The gift of knowledge, sorry, the word of wisdom, is knowing from whence someone is operating. Are you coming in the spirit? Are you coming in the spirit of, 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 of your own flesh? Or are you coming in the spirit of the enemy? Then I can deal with you when I know where you're coming from. Or are you coming to me? In a right spirit. Because then I can receive you. This gift of wisdom helps me understand not just supernatural wisdom, information that, that will prosper me. It's also discerning good and evil. It, it helps us to, to be sanctified because we don't fall into people's manipulations or traps. Have you ever had someone work behind your back so much so they operated it and you fell into a web and you wonder how you got in it? Well, the gift of, of wisdom will help you discern before you see that web. You will discern manipulation before it comes. Okay? It strengthens you in holiness because you don't get entangled in the affairs of the world. Oh, come on, Jesus, have mercy. This will lead to maturity. Oh, these seven gifts, the gift of understanding, the gift of wisdom, the gift of fortitude are yours in Christ. Perfect love casts out fear. The fear that you have right now to ascend to where you belong, the fear of even getting on the fear of the Lord because of lack of experience, okay? God will give you strength to come through the door 
and arise and descend. And you know what, guys? As we grow and strengthen ourselves in this movement, you get to the point sometimes you don't want to come down. Now you know where Jesus was when he disappeared from the multitude. He ascended to where his father was. And nobody could go with him. There's a place waiting for you. Right now at this altar. Will you come through the fear of the Lord? Will you begin by admitting that you are incapable in yourself to do anything good for God, for anyone else. The fear of the Lord will bring you close to where your help is. And the beautiful thing is that the Holy Spirit is a tutor. He's like, hey, you're doing good, Jed. You've come through. Come up higher. Come up higher. This weekend, there's been a beckoning of the Holy Ghost to come up higher. We've been experiencing a high presence. Come up. Come up from where you are. Climb. But you must climb. Nobody can climb for you. You got your own ladder. Can't climb on mine. You can't be like me. You'll be like Jesus. You got your own ladder. And your ladder is your cross. You must ascend and descend on it. Die on it. Be resurrected on it. Ascend on it. Do you get that revelation? If you do, I want you to stand with me. And I'm going to open these altars. I'm not going to be praying for anybody. Because I can't take you where I am. The master's here. I want you to come and experience the fear of the Lord. Come to him. If, you, if you've perfected the fear of the Lord, then come up. Experience your next level by the wooing of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.